Hello you awesome beings, welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known. This podcast is a love letter to my younger self of all the things I wish I'd known before I had deep issues with my mental health and my spiritual awakening. I hope you enjoy listening. Why not head to my website and purchase the new Live From Lockdown, seven guided meditations and gong meditations for your listening pleasure. Use the code TIWIK15, T-I-W-I-K-15 to get 15% off now. Hello and welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known. I am here today with Tamara Driesen, aka Wolf Sister. She is an incredible, incredible woman and I cannot wait to share her wisdom with you guys. She is your healer, your guide, your support sister. She helps you get back on track with modern mysticism using tools, tools that I'm also passionate about, things like meditation, She's an incredible tarot reader. She's a Reiki master. She does crystal healing as well. She's also the author of The Crystal Code, which if you haven't got that book, it is, and I'm not just saying this because she's on my podcast, I've literally been raving about this book to everyone I can, everyone that I can, you know, share it with for every workshop that I've done for ages. The Crystal Code is one of the best books that I've read on crystals. It's got so many amazing insights into it, not only what the crystals are for, but these beautiful rituals and beautiful ways of actually connecting with crystals and using their their energy and their wisdom as well and she's currently in the process of is it finished have you finished writing it I've finished writing it I've just received the proof so I've like seeing like the first layout and design and like how it's going to look like in print which is exciting oh my god that's so exciting her (laughs) second book and this book is going to be called Luna it's been released in the UK in August so make sure that you get on those pre sign up lists for that and it's going to be all about getting to know yourself via the moon so looking at self-care self-awareness and manifestation and moon cycles and how that affects you so I for one cannot wait to read this (laughs) Welcome to the I wish I'd known. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting. So tell us a little bit like more about yourself. How did you get into what you're doing now? So I've always been into witchy stuff since I was a child <laughs> and crystals since I was really young. And then as a teenager, kind of like getting into getting more aware of like crystals being used for different things and like confidence and calling in a boyfriend because like yeah when I was like 14 no probably like 12 that was the thing I was like I want a boyfriend like there's that (laughs) validation I mean like I think it's just so programmed in us but (laughs) at that age I was like ah everyone else got a boyfriend I need a boyfriend so I was like what then I read that crystals could help you I was like oh my god I've got some of those yeah and then like doing like spells with my friends and just like playing with it and not really understanding what it was all about and I had like a tarot deck since I was 14 and I'm 36 wow nearly yeah so for a long time but I was just at that age just using it not really knowing what it's for Mm. and just kind of like asking working the tarot like pulling a card asking a question like looking up in the book but not really understanding what it meant because I just I think at that age you just don't have that concept of what it's all really about yeah this is just got limited like limited experience I guess at that point and then kind of like always dipped in and out of it and then I hit my Saturn return which was like when I was 28 which is this kind of like healing crisis, breakthrough, kind of breakdown kind of thing where I was just really forced to get into alignment. And I just had this huge wake up call of where I kind of thought, 
I'm really unhappy. This has been ongoing. I had an ongoing like eating disorder and like depression, anxiety and insomnia. And I was like, if this is life, like <laughs> this is like, I don't know. And then it just kind of was like, I've got to sort this out. Like I can't, mm. I, I don't want my life. I've always had this thing in my, the back of my mind, like your life is what you make it. And yeah. I think I got to this point, I was like, uh, like, I've got to make it what I want it to be because this just isn't working. And at the time I was like working too much, partying too much, every attracting like the most disastrous relationships and just not in the best place. And then I went to the doctors to kind of get help. And then, cause I'd realized basically that I was a common denominator in all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was like, and, and I think back then it was like, right, who, what do you do when there's something wrong with you? You go to the doctor. Yeah, and I went to the doctor and I, like for me at that time, like I'd been on antidepressant support before, but it didn't feel like the right thing for me to do it again this time around. So I kind of felt for me at that point that I would just be pressing pause on the healing. Like I, I knew where I was at. I needed to kind of go into what was coming up for me, why this mm. was happening, you know? Mm. And I think I wasn't in a situation where I needed that extra support of medication. Yeah. So I spoke to the doctor and she was quite really quick to put me try and put me on medication and I said like oh are there any other options like could I have counseling and she just said to me like if if you don't want to help yourself I can't help you and it had taken me so much to go to the doctors to share like I had so much shame around my eating disorder and how I'd been feeling like to everyone else I was like this happy-go-lucky confident outgoing girl that just did all these things whereas inside I was just like I hate myself. Like, mm. I, like, I'm so unhappy and it's taken me so much to, went to get to that point to go to doctors. And when she said that, I was like, okay, this is not where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> I need how to brave. Go, mm. How brave of you to actually go, because I think a lot of people, myself included, you know, same thing. You go, oh, I've got something wrong with my health. What do I do? I'm going to go mm. to the doctor. You go to the doctor, they give you, you know, with all intents and purposes, the tools that they have yeah, available to them, right? Yeah. Which is a prescription. That's basically what they mm-hmm. have available to them. And if that's not the route that you want to go down, it's kind of like, okay, now where do I go? You yeah. Know, so. And that's daunting, especially yeah. I was like, and she's like, well, I'll refer you for counseling, but I don't know when that's going to go through. So I was like looking into have it, paying for it privately. And I was like, I can't afford this. Like, mm. and it, it was this kind of real kind of like, well, how am I supposed to help? Like, I'm saying, yeah, I want to help. Like, and I can, like, these things, I can't afford therapy. Like, I can't afford these things. Like, what, what am I going to do? And luckily, eventually, through my doctor, I'd got referred to a charity called Mind. Oh, yeah. And like their therapist, and like oh, I think that's what happened. Like they'd had they'd had an initial like quick phone call with me, and she said how much it was, and I was just like, oh my god, I can't. Like, I'm stuck then. Like, what am I going to do? Because I can't afford that. And then she called back, and she said, actually, we've got a pro- we're doing this program. I don't know if I was part of a study or what exactly, but it was at a cheaper rate. Mm. So I was like, yep, <laughs> I'm there. Like I can find that money. Um, and then started having like regular therapy and on the side exploring meditation. I had my first Reiki achievement, which was so awakening for me mm. and exploring all of the things that I kind of thought were woo woo and people just didn't really understand. I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm just going to, you know, like all of this stuff that I've been doing because I should, and yeah. what other people expected me, I could not be unhappier. And mm. like all of these things where I thought, oh yeah, if I had a boyfriend, I'd be happy. I could not have been unhappier. <laughs> if yeah. I had this, I'll be happy. And it's like, all right, like none of this is working. So I'm just going to do what I want to do and see where that takes me. And it's just like to get to where I am now, it's just been for me really organic. It's just following what do I want to learn now? And where do I want to go? 
And I ended up going to Bali for two months to apprentice to a shaman there because I really wanted to, to deep dive. Yeah. So I'm sure that anyone that I think it's this common thing, and it's like probably you want like when you get into this stuff, like you want you can't read the books fast enough. You don't read the books fast enough. They just pile up. Like they pile up. You have all the crystals. You have all those things, and it yeah. feels like it's such. It feels like you're just. It's like when you've got access to all the stuff, but you've got to go to work and do all the normal things. Mm-hmm. And for me, like go and cut people's hair. It's like, it feels like it's like a summer's day and you're grounded. <laughs> and you're, you I know, you're like, that. it is. And you're like, I want to go, I want to do all these mystical things and have these experiences. So I ended up, I saved up, I like, worked extra days at the salon, like really worked hard to be able to go and have two months off. Mm. Went to Bali and just really deep dived. But for me to do the work that I am doing now, that was never my intention. It was always to heal myself, to like myself and just be happy and do what I want to like explore that. And then over time, very organically, it's evolved into my business and my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and the, like the things that I do and book deals, which is, crazy I mean it's just amazing really the whole journey and I think Mm. a lot of people it's quite similar you know I never thought I was going to set up a business the same as you like it was just like I can't live like this (laughs) I literally like something has to change Mm. I think that's quite scary as well I don't know if you felt like that when you wake up a little bit and you're you know because on paper you know, I'd worked my way through my career. Mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. you know, albeit quite a niche market, I was working in action sports, but I was basically working yeah. on the top events and the top products within my market. Mm-hmm. I'd been headhunted for my last three jobs. You know, I was like flying in my career. I had amazing friends and family around yeah. me. I was, you know, healthy in a very But, you know, I, wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have any like major illnesses. Or yeah, anything that yeah. I was aware of at that time. I mean, I was obviously suffering with depression, anxiety, but I didn't know. So it was fine. Yeah. And, you know, going out and traveling and festivals and holidays Mm. and free bar events and like, you know, just invited to everything. And Mm. it was fun, you know, but also there was constantly this part of me that was just like, there has to be more to life than this. There has to be more to life than this. Yeah. And I really resonated with what you, what you said when it was just like, is this it? Yeah. Is, Is this what life is? And I think actually when you start to go into that, more mystical side of things and you're meditating and you're seeing this whole especially similar like when I had my Reiki one attunement whoa mm. that, like opened me up to so much stuff and I was like hang on a second there's this whole other unseen world yeah I don't even know about and I don't have to get married and get a white mm. fence and like you know yeah if I want to do those things yeah fine you know like I can totally do those things no judgment there on anyone no. if that's your life path and you're of course yeah but I suddenly started seeing the world in this completely different way. Mm. And it was really, on one hand, quite petrifying. Like, oh, I've been lied to my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need to have a high-flying career and Mm. seven babies and a house and, you know, this posh car or all these things that I thought that I needed to be happy. I can just Mm. be happy by myself. I just think it's... That's it, but it's just so. It's like, yeah, you wake up to that lie or that programming that so many of us have. And like you said, for some people, that white picket fence, like that is for them. That is what mm. makes them happy. But for some of us, we're striving for that. But when that isn't actually what we want, yeah. And that's the diff- That's the difference. If that's not what it's like, it's kind of we're doing it because we think we should. Mm. And I'm very mindful of when the word should comes up for me. It's like, oh yeah, I should. And it's like, right, well, I'm going to go the other way then. If that should is there, then I'm going to go the other way. But it's so empowering to be like. Oh, and, it, and it's like you said, it's scary to be like, well, how do I do this? Because then mm. you've got this kind of 
awareness of like, oh yeah, my life could be different, but then there's guilt around, but what if like wanting what you want? Like, cause we're, especially I think for women, that's so hard. And when you say to them, what do you want? I don't know, because I'm so used to being a people pleaser and helping other people and being thinking like, if everyone else is happy, I'll be happy, but it's not working. So there's wow. so much deprogram, like unprogramming and reprogramming that needs to happen and being very accepting of who you are, where you are in the moment, and that's enough. Mm. And that's, again, so, so hard. And I think as well like that, but if I change, what about the people around me? Like yeah. there's so much fear around, but what if I don't fit in? Or what if I upset people because I'm not doing those things anymore? Like there's so much guilt around it. So it's not that we have this awakening and we're like, oh, you know, like I can do what I want. It's like having that awareness of like, yeah, some friendships might fall away. But when you go through that, the benefits like you know like we both know like of what wow. comes the other side it's like yeah it's hard it's not this awakening and then we have our life purpose and like we're just floating on air or whatever or flying on clouds or unicorn like it's yeah it's like we have to also deal with the things that come up with that and like I was saying like the shifting of friendships mm. when that that dynamic changes because you shift so much but and that that can be really tricky to navigate but also like I said your hair oh coming back <laughs> how it's sorry my, my name yeah how we navigate that but like I said that comes up but also because I think sometimes people think when that comes up they're doing it wrong Mm. like they're that it's like oh my gosh I wasn't sure how this is supposed to be a big topic Mm. just to touch on what you've spoken about there is you know I've noticed massively a lot of my friendships changed a lot Mm -hmm. and a lot of it was because my behaviors changed a lot as well you know so I went from being you know first at the bar and last on the dance floor to sobriety (laughs) so it was quite a quite a big you know pretty severe like change for, for other people to understand but then there was the other friendships who, you know, they weren't necessarily mm. my kind of like party rave friends and they did change as well. And I think what's been really beautiful is on the one hand, the close friendships that I've got have become much closer and we're able to be much mm. more open, much more honest, much more connected and aligned. I love that word that you used. So yeah, I, I don't know if you've got any tips around friendships and like if people are experiencing that so you've woken up you're changing you're seeing the world in a different light you're starting to feel more aligned with yourself but you're also a little bit like oh how does this new me like fit into this old world or old paradigm and does it need to like have you got any advice for people yeah I guess and that thing is that when we wake up it's not like this wake up one morning and everything is different (laughs) and we're this new we're this new person I think it does happen very gradually it depends what you're doing like I know some people that would maybe have I've heard of people doing like ayahuasca going doing an ayahuasca ceremony and for them it's very much like very hard to reintegrate and things shift but I Mm. think when you're doing things in a more grounded way like learning meditation daily or having reiki it's not all of a sudden like right you've got to cut out any people that don't fit in it just happens I think you just start to pick up on you become more sensitive to where where things are and I think when you do start to like wake up you have this deeper sense of connection so when you're not feeling that you're sent you sense the dis- like when things aren't in alignment if that makes sense whereas before it's like when you're in it all the time you're like oh it's just how it is but when you experience something different and how good that can feel like without a hangover without like this natural high and this natural sense of connection to yourself and the world around you 
when you're with people that maybe you don't feel like you can be yourself, you become more aware of that. And I think this, whereas before you would just, again, we're asleep, we're just like, oh, it, it is how it is. Or it's like something, you know, when you're, you eat something all the time, but actually you don't realize you're, it's like, or even like with drinking, like I don't drink anymore, but when I used to drink all the, a lot, not loads, because yeah, but I, when I used to drink and you'd have your hangover and whatever, but since I've stopped drinking, it's like that clarity that I have from not drinking. So now when I do drink, I'm like, ooh, like, I don't want to feel like that. Like, it's just, it's yeah. for me, it then becomes like an out-of-body experience. I feel the same, because for me, one of the main reasons I don't like to drink now, apart from obviously the mental health thing, mm-hmm. which, you know, it does kick off my anxiety and yeah. my negative inner voice that goes yeah, like, you're same. shit, you're shit. Yeah. And that's why I don't like it. But what I've massively noticed as well is in terms of my ability to meditate, in terms mm-hmm. of my ability to connect into like my, my energy and because energy is so subtle and I feel like yeah. drinking like dampens and nulls, numbs everything yeah. that actually your kind of connection to the real like subtle, I don't know, I always think of it as like <laughs> glitter or something, you know, the sort of like subtle energetic fields that surround mm. us that we're trying to read when we're doing Reiki or if we're yeah. working with sound frequency, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's much harder for me to actually connect into all that stuff when, mm. I'm, when I'm drinking. So I just, yeah, yeah, don't anymore. And I do notice, you know, the effect it has on my body. And I think actually as human beings, we're incredibly resilient. I think we're incredibly resilient to lots of things that we don't even realize we're resilient to, like what we eat and what we consume into Mm. our body, whether that's, you know, recreational drugs, alcohol, whatever. And I'm not a purist. Don't get me wrong. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to any of my other podcasts, I still stuff my (laughs) face with pizza and (laughs) occasionally I enjoy a Negroni here and there, you know, but to be honest, I want to drink the purest kind of alcohol I can without too much crap in it. And I don't want to have, you know, when I say this, it's like, you know, a couple of times a year mm. that I might have a glass of champagne at a wedding yeah. or I might, you know, enjoy a Negroni one time, you know. And it depends um, why you're drinking as well. I think that's, mm. that shifts things. But I think, like, it's different if you're drinking because you're celebrating. Mm. And you're in a place where if you're doing it to numb and whether that just amplifies all of that as well. And it's still there. The worst thing is, like... Yeah. The alcohol wears off and it's numb. And, you know, it is amazing for that. Like, it does work really well to numb things out and all yeah. that stuff. But then it wears off and you're hungover and mm. all the stuff comes back. Yeah. And it's like... And louder. Oh. Yeah. It's like, no, no, yeah. not for And me. I think it's just like how you think... I think as well, for me, like with alcohol, it changes the way that I think about things. And even I'd notice that if I, when I'd have a drink, my, me and my boyfriend and I would argue... Mm. like we would always argue if we if I'd been drinking and he'd been drinking we'd always argue whereas when I stopped drinking I'd have more awareness of like if I was drinking I would go in I would bite at that comment even Mm. though it's even though he said it harmlessly I just you just see where that tipping point is because when other people are drunk you open up and things coming out and I remember we were where was it I think we were in Ibiza we were having this conversation he'd been drinking a bit so I think I'd taken something I'd said something he'd taken it the wrong way because he is a bit drunk. Yeah. If I, like I said, I, luckily I was driving, but if I'd have been drinking, I think I would have been like, I would have been more defensive. Reacted, yeah. Whereas I could have that perspective of like, no, 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 this is where I'm at. So again, like your relationships, they change. Yeah. I think when you're drinking, like, yeah, you have that fun bit, but it can also go the other yeah, way. way. Or like for me, like it would be like, I'd get upset about it and I'd be crying. <laughs> like, like it was the end of the world about, I don't know. Yeah, a different thing. <laughs> 
I but yeah, but back to the back, yeah, back yeah. to the friendship thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel like we could chat for hours about no. <laughs> like, so many these, like journeys. Oh, it's so, like, sorry to anyone listening. It's like, what are they talking about now? <laughs> like, yeah, but I think back to the sort of like the the friendship things. Like as we shift, like you said, like mm. we start aware, becoming more aware of what works for us and what doesn't. And I think our self worth increases. Mm. and how we want it we want that connect, we want that connection that pure heart space connection yeah and you know we want to be we want to feel compassionate we want for ourselves and I think when we heal those aspects of ourselves we're able to be more compassionate with other people mm. and see you know like and be more forgiving with certain things Obviously, you're not going to forget like it's going to be harder to forgive some things than other others mm. but there are other things that are easy to let go of whereas yeah. I think when you're not or you're not in that space or you haven't been doing that work on yourself I think it just makes the world feel like a scarier more horrible place mm. I agree I went to see this beautiful event with the shaman I'm trying to think of his name now it's John something <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to dig it out. I love it, actually. It sounds like so shamanic. I know, John <laughs> something. Yeah. But he was one of the only white men to yeah. have been accepted into the Zochi tribe. I don't know how okay. to say it. It's like X-O-C-H-I, and you yeah. say it with an accent, and I can't do the sound. Yeah. And he was talking about ancestors and how important mm. it is to respect your ancestors and how it's very difficult because, for him because he was brought up in South Africa mm. and obviously there was apartheid and, the, you know, this horrendous things that were going on in regards to race. And yeah. now he's training as a shaman and he's the only white person in a whole tribe. Mm. And so he kept apologizing and saying, I'm so sorry for my ancestors. I'm so sorry for what they did. Yeah. And one of the elders, this, you know, after he'd apologized twice was like, you, you don't need to do this anymore. This isn't your, you know, this isn't your thing. You, you don't have to make good for that. Yeah, that's not his karma. Yeah, exactly. But he was saying how a really good tool to try and work on forgiveness because he was looking back and thinking, well, this is my ancestral line, whether I like it or not. Right? Yeah. And the, even if I haven't personally done anything and there is that ancestral line there and mm. there's you know things that need to be made, made good and he was saying how do I forgive my ancestors for behaving in a way that I can't possibly ever envisage myself behaving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's he did this whole beautiful meditation that we all did together about going back and looking at people that have wronged you yeah or looking at your ancestors and just specifically it works with family right because looking mm. at what they have given you which is life yeah so even if it's a parent and you you feel like what they've done is unforgivable and there's mm. multiple things right i mean we can all imagine yeah. the horrible horrors of the world but going back and imagining that that parent or that person that you want to forgive as a child oh wow and then looking at them as this kind of child where nothing's happened to them yet to make them behave in the way that they Mm -hmm. behaved Mm -hmm. and the actually can you forgive the the child part of that person yeah and it makes it much easier to then start to unpick and unpack and I'm not saying you know I still have a couple of things in my life a couple of traumas that you know I'm still working through the forgiveness thing you know yeah five, six years on, whatever. And it's, you know, it is an ongoing learning experience Mm -hmm. because there are some things that we're taught as well. Again, this all goes back to programming, right? We're taught that's unforgivable. Mm -hmm. If you do that to somebody, that's unforgivable. But actually forgiveness is really not about accepting someone's behavior or saying that was okay that you did that. It's really about letting go of the hatred Mm -hmm. and the bitterness and the the things that are going to eat you up. Mm. side right and, and yeah. free you from that so yeah 
again another tangent but I feel like <laughs> but that needed to come through so yeah, I need to hear that you know it's really important around forgiveness because it's such mm. a, it's such a big topic and I think when you do start this awakening journey and you're you're becoming awake yourself there's self-forgiveness as well mm. like lots of things that you start going wow maybe I really didn't behave so kind yeah and compassionate in that situation maybe there's ways that actually in the past I've created harm or you know either mm-hmm. inadvertently or sometimes on purpose you know? <laughs> like yeah we're, we're human beings we get angry we do stupid mm. shit sometimes you know whatever or we say things we don't mean or we you know it, it's just part of the human experience and I yeah. think actually when you similar to what you were saying when you start to build self-love self-awareness self-compassion self-forgiveness all these things you can actually give more of that to other people yeah as well it's really powerful yeah so what do you think so far on your like amazing journey? What do you think has been one of your biggest learnings? To trust myself and to trust my intuition. Like it's not always the easiest. And I think like there have been so many times where I've known that my intuition is leading me one way and I've, I've ignored it. Like I've overridden it for various, whether it's for people pleasing, whether it's my own guilt, whether it's like my own like limitations and also just not trusting in my abilities enough so I think for me it's just no matter what now it's like trust and like I have moments where I do ignore it I kind of just like it goes under the radar because there's other stuff or I'm not dropping in but I think that's why for me I do my morning rituals every morning like I meditate I journal I'll pull an oracle card like nearly every day starts like that so that I can stay connected to that channel so that I can feel what's coming up for me. Mm. Whereas like when I don't and I fall off that wagon, everything else just gets louder. All of the distractions are louder. So I can't feel connected with myself. So I make decisions that aren't from the best place. Mm-hmm. And there's not necessarily that they're the wrong decisions because I always feel like there's no right and wrong decisions. We're always being led to something. Like I said, yeah. even if it's the wrong decision, it's leading you to be like, well, that's, it's the opportunity to see what that is teaching you but yeah I think just trusting yourself more because like I said if I go back all of those situations that I was in that were really undesirable like I didn't trust and and things that didn't feel like they fit is because I didn't trust myself and didn't Mm. give myself permission to have what I wanted or needed I feel like as well there's nothing quite like that feeling of I knew that was going to happen yeah and I screwed myself over it. Yeah. And then you've not only got the thing of like not trusting yourself, going mm-hmm. against your intuition, but you've got that kind of anger or that frustration. Yeah. Oh, that it's the like, worst. Why didn't I just bloody pay attention yeah. to myself? Because yeah. I knew that that was going to go wrong. Yeah. I knew that that wasn't going to work out the way that. Yeah. That's also such a juicy realization. And that's the thing like, that can go either way, either way, because then that can either be like, right, well, I don't trust myself. Or we take, again, see, like, but I knew how that felt. So that next time when you feel that feeling, you choose, you have that choice to choose again. Like, that's the empowering moment. But I know me personally, like, when I was in my 20s, I never trusted my intuition. I didn't trust myself because I was always making the wrong decision from the wrong place. So I think when we come back to why we're making that decision, how does that feel in our body? Was there something at the core that was a no or a yes and we chose differently? Then that, I think that for me, that's where true confidence comes from, like trusting yourself and your Mm -hmm. decisions. But we have to get to know better. We have to cultivate a better understanding of the decisions that we're making and why and where they lead us to, because then, then we can choose differently if we need to or feel more confident to keep going that way. Yeah, completely. I think that's such a big such a big thing and I think that is the one thing like from meditation and the various tools I use journaling and things as well Mm. 
that self-awareness really allows you to tune into your intuition yeah and for it to instead of being this tiny little voice that's kind of like a bit like hey babe are you sure you're doing the right thing yeah <laughs> don't do that <laughs> it turns into a bit more like hey babe yeah. <laughs> this way <laughs> you're like okay cool yeah exactly it's like louder <laughs> voice hilarious. that is so how it is <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that you feel and I know failures like a lot of people don't like to talk about failure because mm. they think it's you know a bad thing or whatever but I think some of my biggest learnings have come yeah. from things that I've tried to do and, and failed at so is there anything yeah. that you've kind of feel like on your journey you've maybe it didn't either didn't go the way that you thought it was gonna or you sort of failed at it but it really taught you something I'm trying to think oh because I was thinking because when I was like reading through the questions like, earlier I was thinking I don't see things as fel- failures as such, mm. like, because it's like, like I said, there's so much opportunity to grow from that. It's only a failure if you give up. Yeah. And that was it. And you just never tried again. So yeah. I think for me, I don't know whether it's like, cause I'm in an airy, <laughs> I'm very like, just like won't be beaten. For me, when things have like, the thing that I can think of like where something work could have been a failure is where I ignored my intuition and there's a situation I've had all of my signs for it being a no but everyone around me was like you've got to do this like great it all looked shiny but Mm. in my gut I was like no and then when it came to the crunch after I'd said yes to it and ignored my intuition all of the like the truth came to bubbling to the surface and I was Mm. so angry I was so frustrated I like crying I was like this is like and it was around my book my first book launch and I was like essentially it's like it's going to be a failure like this is I knew that it was going to be like this and like Mm. like because I do have fear of failure like that is what holds me back in a lot of way like as I'm saying that's like I do have fear of failure but at the same time it's like seeing past that but yeah and I remember being on the phone to my mum and she's just like you've just got to make it work like mm. you've got to, you can't, you can't let it eat you up. Like you've got to, you've got to make the best out of this situation. Mm. Like you've got to work with what you've got. And I think that for me was, it's like, that's what turned it around. So I could have just been like, ah, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Like, mm. this is it. Shut the door, close down. Yeah. Retreated. But I just was like, okay, well, what, what have I got here? How can I work with this and make this something yeah because something's better than nothing and it's just like yeah like no I think that for me it was just a valuable lesson on so many levels so I think like yeah failure is more like when you just give up yeah and you don't and it's like and yeah sometimes it's like yeah that was you've gone for something and that wasn't meant for you but that's not to be like yeah sometimes you do just have to let go of that thing and go Mm. and start but it's like taking those lessons I think so many times things happen they don't work out and people are like oh but it was such a waste of my time or I should have started this sooner I think it's like we're always where we're meant to be and like as long as you're taking those lessons and there will be something in that amongst all that rubble Mm. that is what you needed to experience to take things to the next level for your next experience oh completely it's really funny when you look back like that as well because I remember th- like a lot of the time in my life mm. people have said things to me like what are you up to now do you know what I mean? because <laughs> I've you know gone through a variety of different like careers and yeah. creative endeavors and stuff but I just want to experience the world yeah and of I course. don't think that you need to do like one thing and just like stick it it's like you know I no. still do my art and stuff alongside yeah. what I'm doing with wealth and well-being and yeah sometimes it gets a little bit like hairy because you've like oh you know I've got at the moment I'm like oh two events for two different things and I'm like can't be in the same place at the same time <laughs> <So I went out. laughs> 
you know, like there's, there's things where, you know, maybe it would be easier if I just picked one thing. Mm. But it's also like the path of all the things that I've learned through all these incredible, like mad experiences mm. that I've had in my life have so fed into what I do with Wealth and Wellbeing now. Yeah. You know, I did music production at college and I wanted to be, you know, and I tried to write music and I tried to learn multiple different instruments and I yeah. couldn't play any of them. I was pretty dire, if I'm honest, you know, I was yeah. really good at writing lyrics and stuff or whatever, <laughs> but I was not so good at like, you know, singing or, mm. you know, whatever, playing any instrument. And now, you know, as soon as I found the gong and stuff like that, I was like, wow. And I could play it and I knew, and like now all these interesting things that I learned from that about, you know, how to create, you know, sound in a space and how mm. to, how to do certain things. Like I use that information yeah. now. And I could have thought, oh, well, I failed. You know, everything I did at uni was a complete waste of time yeah. so I don't use any of it. Mm. But actually, I do, like, it feeds, you know, it's yeah, weird everything. that life path, isn't it? Yeah. Of, like, how everything kind of, like, eventually feeds into to something. Mm. Like little Definitely. seeds. What advice would you give your younger self if you could go back to your inner child or your inner teenager? What would you say to her? I would say just do what you, you want to do. I think and don't wait for other people. I think that's like for me it's like just yeah do what you want to do and don't wait yeah again like just trusting your intuition like trust like trust yourself mm. and that you know because like for me in the past I've given my power away so much because I've let other people's truth become mine mm, wow. and that's Let's yeah let that land for a second yeah <laughs> okay that is such a big like I just had a massive aha mm. so Okay, so <laughs> let's just discuss for a moment, like letting someone else's truth become your truth. Like, how yeah. does that play out for you? Because that is, I imagine anyone listening to this has probably just gone, oh my God. Yeah, well, I guess, and I, I think it's like when other people are trying to convince you to do what they think either they should do or like in relationships, when I've been in relationships and I'm like, this doesn't feel right or mm. I don't, but they're like, no, no, I really like you. Like, I really want to be with you, but their actions are so different. So it's not necessarily their truth is really the truth, but it's mm. like that that's what they're projecting onto you. And even like when people, like you were saying, like if you've got an idea and people like, when I first started doing like Wolves and stuff, I remember something like, so many people didn't get it. Like, and they were like, well, don't give up your day job. And do you think people would really want to do that? And like all of these things. And it's just like, don't let their limiting beliefs like be yours because mm. that's what holds you back. Because we need people to do these things to show, like to show other people it's possible, you know, mm. to do things. And I think we can be in the, what is it like, with the, we can with the average sum of the eight people that we're with all the time so if everyone's like no 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 like it's very hard but you're like your little intuition is like yes because <laughs> yeah. so, yes, you, you haven't been journaling and meditating so it's like you haven't got there yet and it's like oh you, like you should really just like just do that course like mm. but everyone else is like well worrying about money or like not having that financial stability or you know all like well is it going to be hard work their truth then becomes yours. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's just been very careful with who you listen to and being objective mm. around certain things. It's a bit like, I don't know, as I'm thinking about it, it's like when you're young, you know, when you go out and like, or you're trying, you're in, trying on dresses in like back, I don't know, back then it was like Miss Elfridge and like Topshop or whatever. And you'd be like, ask your friends what you thought of what they looked like. And they'd never be like, I don't know, fully honest. 
Mm. Like you'd always have like, but and I show my like if I show my mum, she's like, oh, no, that does nothing for you. But your friends are like, yeah, looks better. Now you know you have different tastes, but I think sometimes like people, I don't know if we have we're not doing the work, we can unconsciously project our limits or us not mm. feeling good on someone else. Yeah. And if you're not switched, if you're not aware of how that can play out, you then kind of lean again because you're not trusting yourself. And like I said, if someone like come back to like my book experience there were so many people with the book like yeah you need to do this you need to do that but they don't run my business they don't know my audience like my clientele and like so it's like again it's like no one knows my business no now with <laughs> very expensive now with like it's just like no like I'm so much more confident but it's so easy because also we want to make other people happy and we don't mm. we're not feeling great or not in that self-worth we do allow other people's truth to be ours because sometimes they can trick us unintentionally sometimes sometimes that, I think a lot of the time it's just people I don't know I remember when I set up wealth of well-being and there was a couple of comments from a couple of people you know there was one person that sort of said well does she make any money from that silly little business or whatever yeah. and, and at the time to be fair I wasn't actually <laughs> I mean, you know but like I was surviving and no, I was thinking, yeah. well, what the, no offense but I was a bit like well what the fuck are you doing you know yeah. I'm I'm creating something and I'm surviving so I must be doing something right mm. and and even now you know I mean I don't you know what how much is a lot of money anyway right no, it's like yeah. whatever but like I survive I pay my rent I, I live and it's great I love what I do and it's I think you know even when I set this up it wasn't ever about money no. I want to help people and yeah. share tools like I'm really passionate about that and that's what drives me so as long as I'm doing that I'm actually really happy and I don't yeah. really care and, and everything else sort of falls into place mm. but I think people don't it's taken me and I'm still working on it. This nine to five culture that's been like mm. drummed into me. Like I was heavily into that, you know, get in the office eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, leave the office like yeah. eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The time, you know, I went to sales. It was long hours. And now sometimes I'm doing events, you know, like last night did a beautiful event at She's Lost Control. Ah. Both, uh, me and Tamara <laughs> both do work with them with the wonderful Jill from from there. And I didn't get home until like eleven o'clock. And when I've played gong often I'm just but like, you're buzzing. yeah, I'm just yeah. like wired. And especially because I did two back to back. So I've been playing for like two hours and mm. I get home and I'm like, and my brain's like, Pruh! and I'm yeah. normally like writing some ideas down or doing whatever. Amazing. But it takes me a while after that to actually be able to slow down and, mm -hmm. and get to bed and whatever. And I do my meditation practice and all that kind of stuff, but it's still like, okay, I need to ground a bit and I need yeah. to just rest. So important. And then I was for ages beating myself up because I wasn't in the office at nine o'clock the next morning right. or whatever. And like, no, this morning, you know, I got up, I made a couple of phone calls that I needed to make, went for a run, yep. did my little gratitude thing, did my meditation practice, like, you know, and then you're like, okay, now I'm ready, you know, I'm, I'm ready for my day again. Because mm. I know today, and it, it's not nine to five when you're no. yourself, it's all over the place. And it's yep. up to you then to put those boundaries in. But other people, again, similarly, right, their mm. truth is like, well, what do you mean you got up and went for a run at 9.30? Yeah. You should be working. If you're working, yeah. you should be working. But it's like they don't necessarily understand because that's their truth because they're yeah. in an office. But it's of not course. not your truth of where no. you are. So, yeah, I think that's really super powerful lesson mm. to learn, right? Definitely. Like what's your truth and what's other people's truth and what's being projected onto you? Yeah. And what works for you as well. Mm. And breaking breaking that down, and again, it's like I know completely. I remember when I first I solely finished hairdressing, and I was like full time, officially full time. Even though I was always full time and all system before, but yeah. like, officially. But like you said, like getting up early, doing these things, and then it, and like working the time. And I was like, 
it took me a while to be like, oh, I'm the boss now. Like mm. I can, yeah, if I'm, if I'm doing an event, getting in late, of course I need to wake up later. Yeah. Or have the morning off because yeah. I've, like, I've worked however many hours. Like it's, yeah, it is so different. So yeah, like you said, coming it's back that, to your truth. And it's that story, I think, you know, I probably need to tap on this actually, but I've, I've definitely got some stories left, I think, around laziness and like not mm. doing enough. So yeah. Like having to be like doing yeah in order to be like worthy or something like that I don't really I'll have to explore it with my therapist yeah but like, I remember <laughs> ages ages ago I think I sh- shared an in- Instagram post about having a slow reframing and I remember you commented on it about mm. me having a slow morning not a lazy morning yes and even the word slow though you know like it's so funny isn't it because it's just the connotations and I think actually we're in this very consumerist very like mm. instant society where we're actually being programmed to believe that if we just work a little bit harder, yeah. we can have all the things that we want. Yeah. And we're actually, I think, a lot of the time being set up to fail. Mm. Because, yes, there is an element of, you know, you can work hard and you can, you can you know, get things or whatever, but, you know, depending what your life path is, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. But a lot of the time, what we're seeing being presented isn't even true. Mm. So there's all these people that have got borrowed cars, borrowed houses, yeah. you know, they're like renting a space and taking beautiful photographs in them in rented clothing and all this <laughs> yeah. kind of, do you know what I mean? But yeah. There's no way saying rented. <laughs> but it's actually happening. Do you know what I mean? There's all these people yeah. that are like, you know, buying, you know, there was a certain friend of mine who works in fashion who said yeah. the place that she worked for had to ban certain people from buying clothes from their online store because they were say like buying up like Chanel and all these like posh mm. named clothing, taking photographs of themselves in it out and about and then yeah. sending them back because they yeah. can't actually afford them. No. But obviously all their like hundred billion billion followers are thinking that this is the lifestyle that they're living. Oh my God, she spent 800 pounds on a dress. No, she yeah. didn't. She ordered it, took a photograph of herself in it and sent it back. And I it's know. like all this weird thing of like, Hey, that's not your truth. Cause if you're, you know, if you're like, I can't afford to keep it. (laughs) It's not your truth anyway. And then you're presenting that as your truth. And then other people are trying to like have that. It's just a very interesting paradigm that we're in. And I think it'd be very interesting to see what, what will happen. The more people that wake up and the more sort of incentives that are put in place. I read a beautiful, (laughs) if I'm going on another tangent, it seems seems relevant. (laughs) Um, This beautiful article of this guy that runs a business in Canada, I think. Mm. And he, there was a woman that was working for him and he found on her desk a McDonald's training manual. So he called her into the office and she was freaking out. She thought she was going to get sacked because she realized that she'd left this. So as soon as she walked into the room, she was like, oh my God, you found the manual. I, I promise I'm still going to put in the, the right amount of effort. I'm not looking to leave. I'm just trying to take on some extra hours on the weekends. You know, yeah. da, 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 da. And he was like, whoa, 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 slow down. I just wanted to ask you, have you got money problems? And she was like, yeah, this, that, and the other's happening in her life, whatever. Yeah. I need some more money. And he went, how much more do you need to earn in order to be comfortable so that you don't need to do that? And she was yeah. like, X, Y, Z amount. And he went, yeah. okay, I'll give you a raise. And she was oh, like, oh, that, I, that just and, breaks my heart. Right. Like, why aren't more people like this? Right. And then he thought about it and he was like, she can't be the only person in my company that has this issue. So he raised every, he read an article that said that $70,000 was the average that a person would need to feel happy. 
Right. So he raised anyone that was under $70,000 in his company to $70,000. He took a pay cut and basically just did that. So everyone from like the person in the mailroom to whoever was pretty much getting mm. paid $70,000. And he said he lost a few people because some of the higher senior management were like, what the F, you know, if my team yeah. member's getting paid 70 and I'm getting 100, that's not fair, whatever. Mm. But after a six-month period or so, everything kind of shuffled and and Yeah, it takes out. a while, doesn't it? And he said he doesn't regret it and it was the best thing he ever did for his company mm. because all the people are like working harder. And he was like, I didn't didn't do it for that, but people are working harder because they don't feel like they're having the mickey taken out of them. Well, they feel appreciated. Not, that goes right. such a long way. And also they're coming to work and they're not worried yeah. about their mortgage or their rent or yeah. how they're going to feed their kids or whether they're going to... So they can actually be really present at work because mm. they're not actually having a lot of the worries and fears that are generated around... Yeah having to strive and get the promotion and get the money and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think hopefully as the world starts to develop, more of these kind of initiatives are going to be put in place and that equaling and mm. then people can just be free to be in their truth. Yeah. They don't feel like they have to pretend or show, oh, actually I'm here when I'm here or I'm yeah. whatever, because they'll realize that are you happy is the main metric well yeah that <laughs> it just changes everything like I was saying that's why my morning ritual is so important to me because it changes the way that I move through my day yes like and it's so especially if you work for yourself you, you have those phases where you're like oh my gosh am I going to be able to pay the bills what am I doing like what's going on and you it's so easy to trigger that scarcity and that mm. that financial fear and that changes your changes what you then do mm. so I think when you're coming back to sort of yourself and trusting and just being in the present you make very different decisions to what you would if you were worrying about money completely and I think people buy into that as well like no people can like feel desperation yeah you know and I remember talking to someone once and they were like what's your marketing plan and I was like I just sit in meditation and ask who can I help who's the best like who can I be of most used to send them to me yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so far so good you know it kind of works Um, I know it's not necessarily like mathematical or whatever, but it works for me. Maybe you can be the research, start doing little, do a little spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how you, I don't even know how I'd measure it. Today in meditation. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you wish you'd known? What do you wish you'd known about intuition before? I think I wish I'd known back then. What version of, how old am I when I wish I'd known? Don't know, whenever, like now. Next week. <laughs> what, hang on a I'm confused now. So what do I wish I'd known? Just what do you, you know, on your journey, what do you wish you'd known before you sort of knew it? I don't know. <laughs> what do I, I feel like it's a riddle. <laughs> what, do I, what do I wish I'd known before I knew it? Like of all mm. the tools, of all the things that you've learned on your journey. Oh, the actual, the actual tool, the actual. Well, I don't know, like. Oh my god, I'm making this so complicated. <laughs> I think I like. I think I, what I wish I'd known is that I wish I'd known before how accepted I was for who I am. I wish I'd known that, like, now, like back then, I never believed that I'd be accepted for who I was. And I think I wish I'd known then, like that, by the right people, you are accepted by and, and loved unconditionally, no matter what you say, what you do. 
that that's possible and it's not just one person it's not just your mom <laughs> or your cat or just that there are actually when you are vulnerable and when you allow yourself to be seen like you were saying like just being your real self and how that changes your relationships and yeah some friendships like your, your rave mates that you don't see mm-hmm. as much but your other ones like when you really start to be real like that acceptance and I think that acceptance is all around us we just don't see it because we have so much shame around ourselves and who we are and how we want to live our lives or how we want to be and I think that when we realize that yeah we might not be for everybody but there are people that accept us and I think when we just yeah I think that's what I wish I had known yeah I I think that's such a powerful lesson Mm. really really powerful one so is there anything else that you wanted to share anything you wish I'd asked you that I hadn't asked you no, I just wish, can, can we talk for longer? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can literally like, oh my God, this is the first four hour episode of things yeah. I wish I'd known. We just like talk all day. Okay, now we're going to talk about our favorite crystal. Now we're going to talk about Yeah, exactly. This is I'm like gonna... the bumper, bumper edition. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm not going to say anything because I feel like it will end up being a five out. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, everything, like it's been so nice chatting to you. It's been amazing. So if people want to learn more about Wolf Sister, where can they get your crystal code because honestly like I'm not just saying this because she's on my podcast any one of my clients will tell you if they mention <laughs> crystals I'm like oh my god you gotta get this book it's my <laughs> favorite <laughs> and I've got my coffee and it's got all you know like little folded down corners yeah uh, I know some people hate it when people fold down corners of books but I'm that if person. it's your book it's, it's not as long as it's not a library oh, I wouldn't book. do it to someone else's book no, yeah like when it's your yeah book. Yeah, exactly. um, and all my little scribbles in the thing and stuff so yeah definitely go and go and get that and Luna's out in August yeah so you can get them on Amazon and she's us control stock the crystal code as well and they'll be stocking Luna when it's out but yeah Amazon's like the place to be if you've got the crystal code I would love it if you could send me, leave me a review on Amazon <laughs> do it do it. Um, have I done that? Yeah. Oh, not you. Oh, or just anyone who's listening. But no, I don't you know. know if what? You have. I don't even know if I have, but I'm going to if I okay. have. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, do you know what? I think I might have when it first came out. I'm going to check if okay. I haven't. I'm going to do that. What okay. about your Insta and stuff like that? So, Insta is. I am on Instagram. You, yeah, normally I'm hanging out on Instagram, and that is at underscore underscore wolf sister and like yeah I do I share like tarot card spreads that you can do at home like what I'm up to behind the scenes of my events and like choose a crystal little oracles that run there and then I've got my website which is wolfsister.com and it's got all of my events and how you can book in with me for sessions and everything that you need to know about me yeah Fab. well thank you so much for coming and sharing Thanks, all your knowledge. it's been amazing and <laughs> um, go check out wolf sister to everyone that's listening she is a total babe and if you ever get to do one of our events you'll you'll just see being in her energy is just so beautiful um, i'm really glad that you came on today <laughs> yeah, thanks for having yeah, me i'll see everyone else next week thanks for listening <laughs> bye If you enjoyed listening, why not leave us a review? It really does help other people to find this podcast and enjoy it too. Feel free to share it with friends and family members that you think it might be useful to. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.